one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Today we have a revenge story against somebody that ruins a person's house. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, cake decorator revenge. This is not my story, but my mother's. My mom is an incredibly talented artist. For that reason, she went into cake decorating because she could make edible art. Trust me, our birthday cakes were epic. My mom worked at a grocery store bakery, pretty big store at the time. There was a bakery manager who assigned cakes, and there was a store manager who was in charge of the whole store. He was a total jerk. My mom went to work on a Friday, got her assignments, which included a wedding cake, and got to work. She heard through the store gossip that today was the store manager and his wife's anniversary. He was going to have the bakery make his anniversary cake and cupcakes for his party later. Of course, he wants mom to drop everything she's doing to create his very specific cake. Mom says I'm just too busy and you don't pay me overtime to stay late, so I won't have time, but one of the junior decorators do it. He tells her, nope, no way. He will authorize her overtime. He has very specific types of frosting, colors, decorations, the whole shebang. His problem was his wife didn't like chocolate frosting or cake, so he was pretty bummed he couldn't have what he wanted. My mom was so agitated that he was making her stay late and she would have to pay extra for the babysitter that she decided to make a special cupcake just for him to try before he went home. Cue pettiness. Back then they used to have this laxative that looked like little chocolate bars. My mom took a quick break, went and bought a box of that stuff, and mixed it in with a little batch of chocolate frosting for a special treat for the store manager. She decorated the cake, iced all of the cupcakes, including the special one for the store manager, and then got back to work. Mom managed to get everything done by skipping lunch and only getting out of there 45 minutes late. As she's walking up the stairs to clock out, she hands the store manager his special cupcake. Conversation went something like, since you can't have what you wanted, I made this one cupcake specifically for you. She watches with great pleasure as he eats the cupcake in around three bites telling her how fantastic it was. Now, my mom giggles and clocks out. She goes home and is called by the bakery manager pretty early in the morning to inform her he needs to see her before she starts her shift Monday morning. Now, mom's worried she's going to lose her job, so she goes to work half an hour early Monday morning and sits down to have her bakery manager tell her he's writing her up. He's not firing her, much to mom's relief. The bakery manager has tears running down his face as he tells mom the store manager not only crapped his pants in the store, in front of staff and the customers, but he did so all in his car on the way home. They had to cancel the dinner party because he could not get off the toilet. Apparently his wife asked him what he ate that made him have such a stomach ache, and he of course blamed mom. The wife had eaten some of the regular cake and said she was fine, so it must have just been his. She also told him that's what you get for treating your employees like crap. They give you crap in return. The best part of this is that the store manager was so embarrassed, he transferred to a different store so he wouldn't have to see anyone he'd crapped his pants in front of. My mom took it as a win-win. It was the only write-up my mom ever received at work. 
Hey, if you intentionally slip something into your food that you're baking at your job, and you also directly afflict your store manager with something like that, and you just get off with a warning? I think that's a particularly good day. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is... I, 27-year-old female, deleted my mother-in-law off of Facebook after she wasn't happy about me being pregnant. I had my baby a few months ago, and my mother-in-law has not been supportive. She doesn't talk to me and has told my husband that our child will never address her as grandma. Mother-in-law is very emotionally manipulative with a victim complex. I'm not someone that placates her delusions of her being more important than she is. Our relationship is strained and we're low contact with her. My husband's gone to therapy over the years of emotional and physical abuse he had to endure from her. Over the weekend, we went over to my husband's grandma's house for breakfast. Mother-in-law was there. After her ignoring me for most of the time, I heard my mother-in-law and my husband's grandma talking in another language. I'm not fluent, but I can get by. Mother-in-law was complaining about me and husband's grandma, told her that she needed to be nicer to me. Mother-in-law began to cry saying, I just can't do it, I just can't. She deleted me off of Facebook and I won't forgive that. My mother-in-law is a very vain individual and needs the validation from Facebook to be able to function. I had deleted her off of Facebook after we announced at Thanksgiving my pregnancy. My parents hadn't been able to make it to Thanksgiving because dad had broken his ankle. She was saying, maybe your mom and dad didn't come this year because your dad's really beating your mom. I was stunned by this and told her that my dad broke his ankle. She said, Maybe they just said that to hide the bruises. In reality, I know she said this because she's divorced, big surprise, and she'd been forced back to the US after her ex-boyfriend called immigration to get her kicked out of Scotland. But then my husband told her I was pregnant. We were met with silence, then a half-hearted congrats. My husband was crushed from her lack of response and I was done with her. I went to my Facebook that night and deleted her. She found out that she was deleted when she tried to tag me in a post about my pregnancy. She wanted the validation of likes she would get. Apparently when she saw I deleted her, she deleted her own Facebook account out of spite and now is miserable without being able to post. She doesn't like Instagram or Snap and Facebook was the only place she could get validation. I'm more than a little amused that she so desperately wants her social media but can't create another account without acknowledging that she deleted her last account out of spite and will do anything to save face. Honestly, it's sad how attached to Facebook she is. It's also kind of sad to see her in retaliation thinking she's gonna get sympathy, delete her own Facebook when you know that's just like the worst thing mentally for her to do. Our next story is lie and blame my coworker. Let's see the evidence. This story is from the 90s before work computers were a thing, and we kept paper records. Every meeting had minutes recorded. The minutes were photocopied and circulated. Most people didn't keep track of them, but I filed them meticulously in order. I worked for a snack manufacturer. We were developing a new brand of potato chips. The marketer, let's call him Adam for this project, was new, arrogant, dressed in sharp suits, looked down on the engineers, production and development team which was not the norm for the company. As we developed the product, Adam was dismissive of our input. He wanted the size of the chip packet changed so it was tall and thin. So our packaging guy Dave did the work, mocked up samples which Adam approved. Dave told Adam he needed to show the samples to the sales team. This was all recorded in the minutes. 
When I received the artwork to check for legal requirements, it looked really similar to a beer brand. Same name, same design. I expressed my concerns to Adam who was responsible for design approval and was told that that was not my job. I made sure my concerns were recorded in detail and that Adam said they were not of concern. The product got launched and I moved on to the next project until Dave came to see me. He was stressed and explained that the product was being pulled a couple of weeks and he was being blamed. It was being pulled for two reasons. The beer company had complained and said it was too close to their name and design. The tall thin packets were too tall to fit on the shelves of our largest retailers. So they refused to stock the chips. If the chips aren't in stores, the customers can't buy them. The cost of developing and pulling a product is huge. Additionally, we had $150,000 of unused packaging from the first print run, which would have to be dumped. Dave said he thought he would be sacked because Adam had met with the directors and told them it was all Dave's fault. I pulled out my file of minutes, went to see the marketing director, gave him copies. The next week, Adam was no longer at work and his name was never mentioned again. We relaunched the chips with a marketer who listened to us. Now, I'm not going to lie, creatively, I'm definitely somebody who can pull from other sources and be heavily inspired by other things I like and put that into what I do, but you gotta do better than just blatantly ripping off a design or copying something that you think is good. It's such a rookie mistake, you wonder how this person even got the job he's in. It's like the kind of thing the out-of-touch owner of the company who just bought it and moved in tries to do. Our next story is, coworker tries to throw me under a bus, it didn't work. This story was from several years ago when I was working in customer success for a tech startup. I was a senior customer service manager and we hired a girl, let's call her Mary. Mary was pretty soft spoken and she and I shared the same cube. She was okay to work with, she knew her job and kept a low profile, she was generally okay to hang out with. And I even took her and her boyfriend to a board game cafe to chill after work. Her only problem was that she was insecure and had a major victim complex. Whenever something negative happened to her, she'd make a big deal out of it and think it was a personal attack of some sort. Our VP of sales had a pretty harsh sense of humor, which is a story of its own, and would sometimes make jokes at the expense of the employee, but he did it to everyone. Mary, on the other hand, thought she was being singled out and felt was being personally harassed, so she complained straight to the CEO. I thought that was kind of going nuclear, but the VP stopped making those mean statements, so I thought it worked out for the better. A few months later, one of the customers complained that Mary was being overly hostile. There had been a misunderstanding and, again, Mary thought she was being singled out. The director of customer service had to step in and tell Mary that was not okay and things began to spiral very quickly. Mary started ranting about the director and the client in our cube, an open cube, people all around us could hear, and word reached our director. She was called into a meeting the next morning and told, the company feels you're no longer a fit, and gave her two weeks notice to find a new job. When she got back to her desk, she goes off at me because she took the company to mean literally everyone in the office. She thought everyone was plotting against her and setting her up to fail. I had no idea that was coming and got blindsided when I was trying to be supportive. Then she says, I can't stand you anymore, you've been nothing but a backstabber. And goes back to the director and says, forget the two weeks, she's quitting right away. 
and proceeds to unload all sorts of made-up stuff about me spreading rumors about her. If she's going down, then so am I, apparently. The director is highly skeptical, because I've been at the company longer, employee number 6, and got along with everyone. Never a problem employee. She gets back to her desk, has a moment of clarity, and realizes that if she quits, she can't file for unemployment benefits or get severance and immediately runs to the director to try to take back what she said and get back to being fired. Director tells her to pound sand. Mary goes over the director's head and goes to the CEO who's like, what the heck am I dealing with this for? Director, do your job! Which only pees the director off more. Then Mary goes to me, and by this time I've been told what Mary had said about me, and asks me to intercede on her behalf and starts buttering me up about how awesome I am and how much of a friend I've been to her. I don't remember what I said, but I remember her crying and me having to leave the room because I couldn't deal with it, plus not safe. She was gone the next morning. She was too ashamed to pick up her stuff. Her plants, jacket, and notebooks were all still at her desk. Honestly, this lady seemed kind of a nightmare employee, and I think everybody was happy having them gone. That said, our next story is decided to troll an internet scammer and I think I accidentally hit the jackpot. I got a spam text message, one of the obvious scam lead-ins, asking, Hello, is this Jessica's phone? I assumed it was a scam attempt, but to be civil, I replied politely that it was not. Got a series of follow-up messages explaining their assistant must have copied the number incorrectly and apologizing for the inconvenience and introducing themselves and asking for my name. At which point I was certain that it was an attempt to scam me, so I said that I would not be providing my name. And they continued to try and engage me in conversation. So I explained who I am, a parent with a child who suffered from a life-threatening illness, and that I had to spend staggering sums of money on her care. And since I'd done him no wrong, why was he trying to defraud me of money? I kept coming back to this. Next time you look in the mirror, make a note that this is what a person looks like who tries to steal money from the parent of a sick child. I figured if there was any humanity there, I might get the chance to live rent-free in their head for a while, or maybe even encourage them to take up a more honorable profession. An hour or more passed, and they came back to me about how I was in the USA and our imperialism was responsible for all the world's problems, etc. At which point... I replied that my assumption was that he was in charge. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes. Until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. China. And while I might not like how the Chinese government treats the people of Hong Kong or Tibet, that wouldn't justify my trying to steal from a random person in Shanghai. I sent that and heard nothing further. I decided to follow up and troll a bit more and none of the messages went through. Then it dawned on me. I'd said some choice words in the same sentence to a guy in China. I'm pretty sure that's the trifecta to hit their police state monitoring system, so he might be getting a bit more attention from the local authorities than he was really looking for. I don't know for sure and I probably never will, but it makes me feel good to know that I may have accidentally done just about the only thing that could cause the guy to get in trouble locally. 
Let me just say I've seen a number of videos on these scammer type people. A lot of the people who end up in this position, honestly, if you say how dare you try to scam somebody who's in such an unfortunate situation, they might be the type of people to get a kick out of it. They might turn to their buddy also in this scam call center, tap him on the shoulder like, this person's crazy. That said, if it did take place in China, even if they didn't necessarily get in trouble, they probably don't want to stick around to find out. Our next story is insufferable coworker. I, 34-year-old female, had a coworker who was by far the most troubled person I've ever met. And I don't like calling people crazy, but oh my lord, did this girl take the cake. Let's call her Betty. Betty, 38-year-old female, would seem really cool at times, but then as you would start to talk to her more, you'd realize that she would barely listen to anything about anyone else, and would incessantly talk about herself. Not only would she talk about her herself, but you could tell that she wasn't telling the truth and was making things up for attention. Some of the things Betty would make up were relatively harmless. But then she would openly trauma dump on us at our job about how many times she had been SA'd and mention it without warning which would trigger a lot of the other employees, myself included. Betty was also terrible at the job, which our job isn't rocket science, it's customer service. I would always try to gently point her in the right direction and tell her how to properly do things and she would get upset with me and cry. Sometimes she would throw tantrums. She wouldn't ever go in private and cry. She would get fetal right wherever she was and rock herself while hysterically crying in front of customers. This was just one incident out of so many. One day I'd asked her at the end of the night to continue helping us close because she was just staring aimlessly at the wall. She would often do this on purpose so that everyone else would do the work and so she could coast. She looked at me as if I had stabbed her mother. The next day I found out that she told our manager that I was being mean to her and bossing her around. I was so over it. I've been working in my job for almost a decade and I've never had any problems with anyone. This is when I recognized that she may have some narcissistic qualities. And since I had an abusive narcissistic ex, I decided to go no contact. Also where I'm from, a rat is a rat and once you tattle, I'm done with you. If I absolutely had to talk to her about work, I would. But if Betty tried to talk to me about anything personal or anything that didn't have to do with the job, I would simply walk away and not respond. At this point, I'd also found out that she had painted me as a bully to my boss when I was just trying to help her be better at the job. I'm one step down from management and this is usually what is expected of me. So once I stopped responding to Betty and blocked her on Instagram, she was also very intrusive about online stuff, she would then get so upset call me mean and abusive all because I wasn't responding to her. I found out from a coworker that she said she would just love to punch me in the face. When I found this out, and I was more angry than anything, because I also found out she said this to a manager and the manager didn't do anything to protect me. Other girls have been fired in the past for saying crap like that. So out of anger, I cried to my other boss about what happened. Even though my tears were purely anger, I sort of played the victim card. I didn't want to work with this woman and most of my coworkers didn't want to either. She was sent home for the day and suspended. Then after that, they changed her schedule so that I would only have to work with her one day a week. After the other team had to work with her more, they realized what I'd been talking about and she ended up being fired right around the holidays. This was last year and let me tell you, I still think about her and panic. I honestly feel like she has traumatized me and I'm so glad she's out of my life. 
Thanks for listening, y'all. You know, I'm just glad that when OP went and talked to a manager or a boss about how this person is actively tanking the morale and the experience of multiple people in the workplace, they actually held her accountable and got rid of the problem. I don't know if the other boss had kind of like a favoritism type thing going on there, but kind of disconcerting to see that they didn't really do anything. You'd prefer your bosses to, when needed, be bosses. Our next story is fake hooker bills. Some flashy middle-aged guy knocked me off on my bicycle. I was shook up and scraped up pretty bad. He was nice enough to let me sit in his car while he went and bought some first aid supplies to patch me up. He also offered to reimburse me for fixing my bike. Because of that, I agreed not to call the cops for an accident report, but when I called him weeks later on the home phone number he'd given me to get the money, he denied everything and told me not to call again. Okay. So I had my girlfriend call back during the day. His wife answered, Hello, I'm calling from Platinum Escorts about a bounce check. Wife was like, nah, not my Joe. So my girlfriend patiently described his expensive car down to the mirror ornaments and explained to her how he picked up the girls in it. That convinced her. How much was the check, she asked. $1,200 was the reply. She screamed, I'm gonna freaking kill him. Serves the guy right, but let's be real. In a situation like this, why do you wait weeks to try to collect that money? As soon as really you let that guy off the scene, you're gambling on him never showing up again. Our next story is mild revenge on cheating husband. About six years ago now, my then husband never came home one night. I was pregnant with our second child. Our first was five. He'd been having an affair with my best friend and was leaving me for her. I don't remember a lot about that time in my life, but I do remember packing his things for him. It was right after Easter and we'd had about four dozen Easter eggs laying around. I took every single one of them, put them in every pants and shirt pocket, smashed them in the pocket, folded and placed them neatly in a garage bag. We've since maintained a decent relationship to co-parent. He told me a few years later that he had that bag of clothes sitting in his car for a few weeks and he thought there was a rotting animal in his trunk because of the smell. He had to throw all of those clothes away. We both laughed and agreed he definitely deserved it. Although the guy was immature enough to go and cheat on their partner, at least they were mature enough to look them in the face, laugh and say, yeah, okay, I deserve that. It's a lot more amicable than a lot of relationships end up, that's for darn sure. Our next story is, my girlfriend cheated and then asked to date us both. I took our entire apartment with me on my way out. This post made me think of a similar situation with my ex-girlfriend many years ago. Edit, to clear up confusion, I'm a woman and my ex is a woman, we're both queer women. It was my first serious relationship and we had a dog, cat, and apartment together. I was extremely dedicated to her and I paid most of the bills and did all of the life management stuff. Tip, look for an equal. I paid for basically every furnishing in the home despite her making more. My ex was horrible with money. My ex had met some girl online and I caught her cheating. She gaslit me until I snooped and found the proof. She then had the gall to ask me if she could date us both while she figured out what she wanted. I was done. I booked movers. Moving day came. They packed everything except her bed, desk, clothes, and two $5 Ikea coffee tables. And goodbye every single piece of kitchenware. Here's where I got really petty. I left the paper plates and plastic cutlery but took everything else. When I left the apartment, 
It had no sofa, no dining table, no chairs, no wall decor, no bathroom towels, no shower curtain, no bathroom materials except one roll of toilet paper. I didn't even leave the soap in the kitchen because I'd bought that, and I didn't even want the shower curtain. It was a dollar store find, but I wasn't about to let her keep it. The look on her face when she realized I was leaving was stunned, because she didn't realize what that would mean for her. Then she told all of her friends that I was a bench for taking all of our stuff that only I paid for. She had the gall to expect to cheat on me and expect to be allowed to keep things I had bought. She then, as I was moving out, asked me to stay, but when I refused, she lined up a new roommate with an aggressive dog who basically destroyed the apartment. She was evicted three months later for non-payment of rent and spent months living at a campsite. I was even nice and had left her a letter detailing the bills and when they were due. Made no difference. She's tried to be friends a few times since, seemingly forgetting how we ended things. I hear she's cheated on all her new partners repeatedly since we were together. Good riddance, Kara. I took the dog. I paid for the dog. The cat was hers pre-relationship. Two. How much do you guys want to bet that her reaching back out to OP was really all just about a sad, desperate attempt at rebounding whatever failed relationships they started to go through? Hey, let's rekindle things because it's easy and I'm alone again. This next story is Ruin My House, Enjoy Your Surprise. So a friend of mine was recently gifted a house from her grandmother. Her aunt and aunt's ex had been living there and she was moving out. The ex had been staying there until everything was finalized. A few days before taking possession, my friend and her boyfriend did a walkthrough to see what work needed to be done to get it move-in ready. Usual things like painting and whatnot. Fast forward a few days to possession day and they go in. The ex had taken all the doorknobs off of every door except the front had played hockey in the kitchen, and had put holes in all the walls and destroyed the floor in the room that was to be for my friend's daughter. Her grandmother doesn't want her causing issues because the guy is kinda nuts and just wants the headache to be over. Well, he still has some boxes and bags of belongings in the basement to come and get, but he also has a large dog. He never cleaned up after the dog and so the backyard is full of large dog piles. Now the backyard is cleaned up and his boxes and bags have a lovely moving out present for him. Steal my doorknobs and destroy my house? Keep your crap. Literally. Man, I cannot imagine. They go and pick up their things to move and all of a sudden, huh, what's that smell? Ruffle, ruffle, they open a box. Oh my lord. Our next story is, my brother's crush was a snob. This happened 12 years ago when I was a junior in high school. I was 17 and my younger brother Thomas was 16 and a sophomore. There was a really pretty girl in my grade that I'd considered pursuing myself a few times, but I didn't bother. She was snobby and full of issues. Somehow my brother always had a knack for getting the interest of older girls. No interest in his own grade or below. He approached her and they hit it off. They hung out at my house and at her house, but nowhere else. She told him she didn't want to be in a relationship and wanted to keep their fling a secret. He agreed and after a few weeks, he lost his virginity to her. She treated him like a boyfriend in private, but ignored him in person at school and at school and social functions. After a few more weeks, the high was wearing off and he realized how dumb the privacy thing was and approached her in school and just tried to join her and her group of equally snobby friends in conversation and stood by her. 
She acted like she didn't know him and called him a creep and the other girls laughed. He was broken. He felt stupid and embarrassed. He realized just how cold she was. She was lucky I didn't hear her because I would have let all the secrets out. The next day, Thomas waited until the end of the day when school was out to go find her in the parking lot by the bus line. She was always out there in a large group. He walked right into the middle of her friend group and handed her a pair of her underwear and said, You left these in my house and walked away. This is usually the kind of thing that you only actually see in like coming of age teenage films or whatever TV shows that deal with high school. Usually I feel like I've heard most people don't actually care that much about their social cliques having grown up in real life. But it's sad to hear that there really are some genuine examples out there where they're willing to have a whole relationship, a whole intimate relationship, and then turn around and act like, no, I don't know that person at all. Just because they want to look a little bit better in front of all their snobby friends. I wonder how they tried to downplay that exchange. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.